Welcome to the October 10th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. We cover the biggest stories of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. You can count on us being here. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. Jumping right into the market analysis. Bitcoin is sitting just under $6,600 right now. It was a little higher previously. It was actually over $6,700 over a day ago. In the past day, it's been around $6,700, a little less than that. And it dropped again a little bit this morning. Well, Eastern U.S. time this morning. As low as 6500 now it's bounced back up to 6580 So overall, the Bitcoin market's been totally stalled. Very low volatility for a while now. The Bitcoin market is practically, like there's been a little fluctuation, but it's been about at this level since late September. And it's already in the middle of October. So this is unusual quietness for the Bitcoin market. As for the rest of the crypto markets, the Ripple rally has kind of puttered out. It's now at 47 cents. It's still like 100% higher than where, than where it was before the rally. But now it's like $5 billion market cap. The Ethereum market cap is $23.2 billion at this time, and the Ripple market cap is $18.7 billion. So it's about $5 billion behind Ethereum. Whereas before, Ripple actually passed Ethereum briefly, but that obviously wasn't a real trend. And Ripple is firmly behind Ethereum in third place. And Stellar, likewise, well, Stellar's a little closer to EOS's market cap. EOS has a $5.3 billion market cap, and Stellar has a $4.5 billion market cap. So they're within a billion dollars. But Stellar has kept its spot in sixth place, and EOS has held on to that fifth place spot. And other than that, the crypto markets have been quite stable, declining a bit. The market cap's down to $217 billion overall for all cryptocurrencies, $114 billion for Bitcoin. Jumping right into our first story. The famous rapper Soldier Boy Tell Him dropped really, really sick for copyright reasons. We can't just play it on the show. I wish I could. But it is a really sick Bitcoin song. Probably the best Bitcoin song in history. And also the maybe the only Bitcoin song by like a famous musician. I'm going to say famous rapper, but probably famous musician in general. There's been some Bitcoin songs by amateur artists before, but Soldier Boy Tell Him hit the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100. I knew about Soldier Boy Tell Him, and I don't even really listen to rap. I knew about him before this song was dropped, and it's a really sick track. I'm going to read some of the lyrics to you guys. This cryptocurrency, man, it's crazy. I made 100 racks off of Bitcoin. You could catch me trapping with the Bitcoin. I got on the computer and bought a Bitcoin. Stacking up Bitcoins, I got money pouring. Send it through the Bitcoin, watch my band stack. I got Litecoins, Bitcoins, they my favorite ones. Bitcoins, Bitcoin, I got Bitcoins, yeah. Flipping Bitcoins, I bought an S10 Martin. I'm a hustler, I'd be on the internet stacking. And made a million off of Bitcoins. So, this is a really good song. And I hope you go to the article on Bitcoin News. We have the video embedded and you can listen to the song. And it's amazing. And the only other rapper I know of to mention Bitcoin was Eminem. We actually talked about that on the show a while ago. But Eminem only mentioned Bitcoin in one lyric in a song unrelated to Bitcoin. It was a song about how awesome Eminem is and how robust Eminem is. And he mentioned Bitcoin. But it was only one lyric. This is really a song completely about Bitcoin. And even though it's just one song, it could really impact Bitcoin adoption. Because Soldier Boy Tom is listened to by millions, tens of millions, maybe like 100 million people. And all of them are going to want to use Bitcoin after hearing the song. It makes it sound really cool. So, yeah. Thanks, Soldier Boy. Tell them for that shout-out to Bitcoin. 
Now for our next story. The United States Congress is trying to pass a bill. I don't think it's passed quite yet, but it's probably going to be passed. And it's going to ban Petro completely, and it calls for a global investigation of crypto. Just to clarify, the Petro was already banned by an executive order from President Donald Trump on March 19th, 2018. And this bill is similar to the executive order, but it expands on it and puts it into the real congressional law. And then it, of course, expands into that global investigation of crypto aspect. So the bill is titled Venezuelan Humanitarian Relief, Reconstruction, Rule of Law Act of 2018. And it has many efforts concerning Venezuela, some of them humanitarian, some of them restricting. And there's a section completely for cryptocurrency in it. And here's what it says. Here's most of the law regarding cryptocurrency. All transactions by a United States person or within the United States that relate to provide financial for provide software for or otherwise deal with in any digital currency, digital coin, or digital token that was issued by, for, or on the behalf of the government of Venezuela prohibited beginning on the date of the enactment of this act. And this is uh, interesting timing because Venezuela actually redesigned the Petro really recently. Like, it was supposedly live before this, but it obviously wasn't. There was an investigation that revealed the Petro was not live. But they redesigned it to be like Dash. It's like an X11 anonymity coin and... They're going to be selling it starting November 5th to the public. So now they're putting this bill in place. They're going to put the congressional law in place before that sale even starts, making it completely illegal for U.S. citizens to buy or deal with the Petro in any single way at all. And it says all agencies of the United States government are given permission to enforce this law. So there's, there could be like heavy penalties from multiple agencies of the government. It could go as high as treason. The penalty for treason could be like life in prison or hanging usually hanging not hanging like death sentence hanging was back in the day sorry so the petro is not anything to mess with if you're in the united states or in the western world in general because these laws will apply to you like let's say you're in another country like in europe but you're doing business with the united states with your company if you mess with the petro at all you could really get your company banned from the united states so the U.S. is making sure the Petro is not going to be easy to use worldwide. And I've always wondered, I already wrote an article and talked about it on the show, why doesn't Venezuela just use Bitcoin? Well, they might be trying to. I think they're selling the Petro to raise money in the form of Bitcoin. Like, they're going to do a public sale, and they're probably going to get Bitcoin in return for the Petro. And then they'll probably just use that Bitcoin for what they need. Because the United States won't ban Bitcoin. Even if Venezuela is like, okay, Bitcoin's our official currency, and we're using it to circumvent sanctions... The United States cannot ban Bitcoin. There's no way they could do that. Bitcoin's so firmly entrenched. But the Petro, yeah, they banned it already. It's already banned like multiple ways now. And we'll see the power of an X11 coin. Because X11 coins have master nodes and they mix transactions really thoroughly. So supposedly this Petro is going to be like Dash, which used to be called Darkcoin. And it'll be very, very anonymous. So we'll see if the Petro using X11 technology can withstand the full weight and pressure and enforcement of the United States government. Aside from this, in the bill, it calls for a global investigation of any crypto being used to circumvent international sanctions. And the Petro is definitely being used to circumvent the sanctions on Venezuela, which are very heavy. Because the Venezuela has not been cooperating with the United States for many years now, so there's heavy sanctions. So they're making the Petro mostly so they can use the international finance system, which they're blocked from. And the United States wants to investigate all other cryptocurrencies that are being used to circumvent sanctions. This could include Bitcoin and such. And a full report has to be submitted within like about six months of this bill being passed. So we'll see how that progresses. It's not very good news, but it's not going to affect the market for a long time. Now for our next story. Bitfinex, the largest USD exchange in the world, is having problems. 
So they've been switching up their banks a lot. So first they had Wells Fargo. And then in 2017, Wells Fargo dropped Bitfinex. Wells Fargo is a giant United States bank. They got rid of Bitfinex just because Bitfinex is dealing with cryptocurrency. And is, they're overseas and trading a lot of crypto. That's like too hot for Wells Fargo. So, and then Bitfinex moved from Thailand to the Caribbean, which is a lot closer to the U.S., but not in the U.S., and they actually teamed up with Puerto Rico's Noble Bank. So Puerto Rico is in the United States. So they finally had a U.S. bank, Noble Bank. And that was a really big, good development for them. But then Noble Bank's going bankrupt now. And Noble Bank was, like, really shaky. So Bitfinex pulled their stuff out. And they pulled it out in time, it appears, for sure. But Bitfinex pulling out their business, which includes Tether. So Tether's that massive stablecoin, the biggest stablecoin, most popular one. And it has, like... Billions of dollars, like $2.8 billion, I believe, in reserves in a bank account. So they were keeping those bank accounts at Noble Bank, and then they pulled all that money out. They got it out successfully. But since they pulled all that money out, Noble Bank's like literally about to go bankrupt right now because it just happened like in the past week or so. So Noble Bank's going bankrupt, and Tether says they secured banks of other people. Of course, this still raises suspicions because the crypto world likes to be skeptics, especially when huge amounts of money are moving from bank to bank like this. But it appears Tether is fine, it appears Bitfinex is fine, but there's a lot of skepticism saying Bitfinex is insolvent. Some of this stems from the fact that Bitfinex's cold wallet has decreased by 75,000 Bitcoin during the past month. And there's slow withdrawals from the platform. Well, to get into this, basically they're changing banks right now, so obviously the withdrawals are slow and having some problems. But Bitfinex asserts there are no serious problems and all withdrawals will go through eventually. And the big news that I wrote this article about is Bitfinex has teamed up with HSBC, which is a giant bank with like over $2 trillion of assets based in London. However, the Bitfinex account at HSBC is a private account, and Bitfinex is not commenting on this. So it appears Bitfinex does have a bank account. It is working. It's a little slower than it was. But they don't want to comment on the fact that they're using a big account under the name Global Trading Solutions at HSBC. It's good they have a bank. But yeah, they've been through a lot of woes this year. So they went from Wells Fargo to Noble Bank to now HSBC. And people are saying they're insolvent because there's movements from their cold wallet and there's some customer withdrawals that are held up. But I think Bitfinex will survive. They've been around for a long time. and There, there doesn't appear to be any hack or anything. It's just like they're having banking problems because they're the biggest USD exchange in the USD market in general. The banks have been really harsh towards Bitcoin and crypto. So Bitfinex is just taking the brunt of it, but they're surviving. Now for our final story of the day, hold waves show Bitcoin's history. And it's also called HODL because when you're holding Bitcoin, they call it HODLing. I don't know how this came about, but it's just like really common in the Bitcoin world to spell hold, H-O-D-L instead of H-O-L-D. So that spells HODL. So if you graph uh, Bitcoin's unspent transactions, like so all of Bitcoin's history is in the blockchain. You can find when a Bitcoin was less spent. And this is the age of the unspent Bitcoin transactions. And it shows when people are holding Bitcoin versus when they're... So if you graph unspent transactions versus time and the percentage of unspent transactions versus time, basically... There's waves that come about in the chart. And basically, they look like a series of nested curves with the percentage of older unspent Bitcoins becoming much greater during the wave. And so 
four waves could be identified. The Genesis hold of 2009, which stretched till 2011, the hold of 2011 to 2013, and the Great Hold of 2013 and 2017. So the Genesis hold started when Satoshi Nakamoto and the other early birds mined the first Bitcoins. And there was actually nowhere to sell Bitcoins in 2009. There was no exchanges until like late 2010. So miners held onto the Bitcoins and accumulated more Bitcoins, and this created the first hold wave. And then in 2011, the first rally started, and Bitcoin rallied to $33, and that was the end of the Genesis hold wave. Like, you can see the chart. You can go to the Bitcoin News article, and you'll find the chart in there, a link to it at least. And so the miners sold their Bitcoins, and then investors now had the Bitcoins. And then the price of Bitcoin collapsed after that. And here's the general trend. When investors buy during a rally, they usually hold that Bitcoin. This is what this chart shows. They hold it until it goes back to the price they bought at or more. So they're, in general, Bitcoin investors have been holding really well. Like they don't sell when it's low. A lot of them do sell when it's low, but a, a big majority of them hold on and sell only when it exceeds the price they bought at. So these people, the first hold wave was the mining hold where... There was no exchanges. But then in 2011, the hold of 2011, people bought when Bitcoin was rising to $33 and then went back down. And then it was low until uh, 2013 when it first spiked above $100, going as high as $200 in April 2013. And then, so the people that bought when it was going up to $33 waited until 2013 to sell. So that was the second hold wave. And then the great hold of 2013. So Bitcoin spiked over $1,000. And a lot of people bought in when it was going up to 1000 Obviously, that's why the price went up. And then Bitcoin didn't go back to that for a long, long time. It took until 2017 to get back to $1,000. So that's like four years. And the investors that bought as Bitcoin was rising to 1000 did not sell in general until it went above the $1,000 level in late 2017. So that was the great hold. And then the greatest Bitcoin rally in history took place. Bitcoin peaked at $20,000 and then it crashed. It's obviously like less than $7,000 right now. And you can see on the chart, the next big hold wave is already underway. This is the fourth hold wave in Bitcoin's history. So many investors are holding on at the prices they bought at and they're not going to sell until it goes back up. And this is one of the reasons probably why Bitcoin always goes back up to its record highs. So there's a lot of the people that hold the Bitcoins are not going to sell them until it goes above that price. So that's a good mechanism for why Bitcoin goes back up to its record highs eventually. So to recap, whenever Bitcoin's price really rallies to the record highs, the people that were holding on generally sell it to different investors, and then those investors hold on until Bitcoin rallies again to record highs. And this generates hold waves. That's all we have for you today on this October 10th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out, going back to space. Adios, amigos.